Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Kyle Russell, and I am Dustin Jackson, and we're once again live on Twitch.tv forward slash DK Vine for the second day in a row, Dustin. That's crazy. It, it, it's unprecedented. Yeah, sort of, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Close to it. <laughs> On this episode, we are obviously going to discuss today's Xbox Showcase. What was revealed for Rare, but also atypically of these episodes, we are also going to be dealing with the psychic turmoil of today being the 10th anniversary of the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze reveal at E3 Ooh. 2013. That is my favorite kind of turmoil. <laughs> well, there's a storm in my brain right now, Dustin, and I, I've got to navigate these choppy waters with friends. Uh, I no, can't wait. Yeah, nor normally we would just stick to what was shown relevant for the DKU on the Xbox showcase, but this is also kind of a, a dark calendar uh, X, right? Uh, in, in the timeline of the DKU, because this is now officially 10 years since the last full standalone original Donkey Kong game that is seen release was announced. I have to, I have to preface that with so many qualifiers because obviously we've had the Switch port of Tropical Freeze. We've had right. Donkey Kong Adventure. We know of the scuttled project from 2016. And we, you know, are, fingers crossed, still holding out hope for whatever Nintendo is working on for Donkey Kong. So it's just a milestone we hoped we would never have to hit 10 years without a full new Donkey Kong game being announced. So we're, we're going to be sort of getting some of that, once again, bad juju out of our systems. But we're also going to be discussing what was shown for Rare today. I'm also drinking again, Dustin. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Uh, this is becoming a crutch for me. Now I'm drinking Bold Rock Hard Cider again. Uh, this How's time, it going down? Well, this time I'm drinking the Imperial Cider in honor of the new Star Wars game that was announced today. And uh, yeah, this is a little bit bolder than the Tangerine Cider I was drinking yesterday. It's a little bit more bitter, which will fit the taste in my mouth from 10 years without a Donkey Kong Country game. So uh, let, let's see. Let's taste test it right now. Yeah, that's uh that's that's definitely resentment right there. Mm. About what you expected. Yeah, I'm not I'm not displeased with that actually. I I I didn't want something sweet tonight. I wanted something sour and unpleasant. <laughs> and that that fits the bill nicely. Mwah. Man, it when you say it's been 10 years, it really sucks when you say it out loud. It, it, it sucks when you think it, too. Uh, let, let me tell you. <laughs> Hello to Square Mango in the live stream. You know what? Hello. Ma mangoes are delicious no matter what shape they come in. Thank you for being delicious. <laughs> so, 
First, let's discuss, Dustin, the downside of today's Xbox showcase. Okay, right, because right. We, we discussed what we would hope to see yesterday. And, well, not a whiff of Perfect Dark, which, you know, it, it, it doesn't devastate me. I would have liked to have seen Perfect Dark, but again, Perfect Dark out of the entire litany of rare games is not really my thing. So so I'm like, oh, well, that's disappointing, but I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Obviously, no Banjo-Kazooie reveal. And if you're listening to the live stream right now on Twitch, or if you're listening to this later on on YouTube or SoundCloud, you could have guessed that by the thumbnail art not being Banjo-Kazooie, because obviously (laughs) that's what I would have gone with if there was a Banjo-Kazooie revival. Uh, Obviously, nothing was spoken for Banjo and Kazooie. Uh, Everwild... Next year. Everwild is still lost in the woods. Uh, Hope uh, Search and Rescue could find Everwild soon. Yeah, that's the one I'm surprised about. I thought it had a pretty good chance of being there, but I guess not. I think we ascribed, what, a 50-50 shot for Everwild. And, yeah. well, you know, that, that means 50% chance it won't be there, so we weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess we nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Rare is indeed doing another major crossover with a Disney property for Sea of Thieves. And look... uh as I've said before on the conversation, I think we all know this. Bob Iger is a close personal friend of mine. We're best. Of course. We're tight. He, uh, he saved my life in the war and I owe him a great deal. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad it's not more Jack Sparrow because that's what I was really dreading yesterday does that I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't want any more of Jack Sparrow faffing around my pirate ship. I just, I'm I'm glad it's not Disney's fucking Peter Pan, too, because I can't tell <laughs> you how little um that would resonate with me as well. Like, yeah, Captain, it just, it, I, I don't, I like Peter Pan, the movie, but it wouldn't be exciting. Yeah, like, like Captain Hook and like the Lost Boys and Tinkerbell. It's just so... I feel like it's so much of an archetype at this point that it's it, so basic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we we've built layers upon that in subsequent pirate literature and media, and it's just it, it's not it's not exciting to me. Um, so, yeah. and it's not a crossover with Pixar's uh, Elementals. Is, is that what it's called? That's what it's called. You got it. Yeah, which is opening everywhere in theaters. Uh, who gives a damn? It's actually <laughs> this crossover related to video games. And it's a video game series I think all of my friends really enjoy. And Dustin, you called it. You were the one. Uh, right after they announced this, we got a litany of comments on our YouTube upload of yesterday's episode saying, wow, Dustin was right. Dustin was right. Dustin was right. Uh, you, were- yeah, you, you know what's so funny about that is I, I feel like I, I wasn't right because I brought that up thinking there was no possible way it was going to be that. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was so confident that we were going to get a Banjo-Kazooie Reveal. No, I actually, well, they said 20% <laughs> chance, right? I should have downgraded that to like 2% chance and then it would have come true. Yeah, you would have nailed that. You would have been right. 
Yeah, but you were you were uh, right on the money. You were you're swimming in the money. You're Scrooge McDucking oh, that bank vault. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So yeah, the legend of Monkey Island is coming to Sea of Thieves as a free update starting on July twentieth. Uh, it's going to be three new tall tales that will be released on a planned monthly basis. So assuming one releases July 20th and we can expect one in sometime in late August and then one in September. So basically it'll take us through Talk Like a Pirate Day and you know the the rest of the summer from from its launch. So you know Dustin you're probably the most excited little boy I know right now because of this. And oh, I sque- I squealed like a small child. <laughs> well, when when the rare logo came on board, and I, I was just, you just I could just tell that it was going to be a crossover or something. Just the way the rare logo sort sort of appeared in this trailer, and I was like, all right, th- this feels very reminiscent of the last time they did this when it was rare and Disney, and then the Lucasfilm logo came up, and I was like, oh, well, I know, I think I think everybody knew what that meant. If you know uh, what connection Lucasfilm has with um, pirates, and and in, in this case, it's Lucas Arts, which was Lucasfilm's video game and electronics division before the Disney buyout. Now Lucas Arts is no more, and it's just all under the Lucasfilm banner. But you know, there's still a brief possibility. It's like, oh, is this an Indiana Jones crossover? <laughs> uh, which would have been interesting, but yeah, I saw I saw some people saying they thought it was going to be Star Wars. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be Star In Wars. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be Star <laughs> Wars. For one, we had seen a Star Wars thing, uh, the, right? The new, the new Outlaws game or whatever, and uh, wow, yet another Star Wars game so close after <laughs> the last Star Wars game. But I know it's been a while. It's been a, a a couple months since the last one. They they making those Star Wars fans starve over there. Right, right. So yeah, I mean we we all knew what that meant as as soon as it came up. And um, Monkey Island, the the classic point and click ad- adventure game series from LucasArts. It was actually alluded to in a side quest in the first tall tale in A Pirate's Life from 2021. Uh, the, the first tall tale in A Pirate's Life called A Pirate's Life. And uh, that that's where you could discover the journals of uh, Captain Kate Capsize. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, which, which was just kind of this uh, side little thing. It was kind of like... Um, I saw it referred to as an Easter egg today in the uh, interview with Mike Chapman, creative director of Sea of Thieves on Xbox.com. They, they referred to it as an Easter egg, but it was kind of just this whole like side little partition that you could uncover and then experience as part of that first tall tale. It was just kind of this extra content. I guess it fits the definition of an Easter egg, but it's a little meatier than just an Easter egg. It was just this whole yeah. little, little like extra thing on top of everything else with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and ride stuff incorporated. There's like, oh yeah, we're also acknowledging 
Monkey Island because we love Monkey Island. And um, of course, that whetted the appetite for Monkey Island fans for a full frontal crossover, just letting it all hang out and dangle. And uh, yeah, like uh, Mike Chapman said that they had ideas for this when they were first crafting A Pirate's Life. And they were like, well, you know, if if we get a chance to do this, that would be great. And so it seems like this is them fulfilling what they merely dabbled with back then. So, Dustin, I, I, I don't know much about Monkey Islands. You are very excited about this. Yes, hey, why, yes, I am, Heil. I, so, I can't wait. So uh, perhaps you would like to talk a little bit about this. Uh, okay, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, speaking of that uh, meaty little Easter egg in uh, A Pirate's Life, I still remember going through that for the first time, uh, and our good friends, uh, I, I know Jeff was there, Cameron was there, uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, I, I, it was a whole group of people who were, yeah, Annie M was there, uh, and, and I had no idea they had put this in here, but uh, I believe at least Jeff or someone knew. I think Chris might have been there, like at least in the chat to get our reactions. It, it's been a long time, so I'm sorry if I left anyone out. But uh, boy, once the music kick, kicks in in that spot and you just know it's Monkey Island, I flipped my shit. I was like, wow, crazy. Because like Pirates of the Caribbean is cool and all, but... You put Monkey Island in, that's what I'm going to be excited about. Like, to this day, probably my favorite experience in all of Sea of Thieves is just finding that and getting so excited with uh, just having, like, everyone there doing it and just being able to find this super cool thing. Uh, It was great. And I, I was one of the people who was like, Boy, I wish they could do just a whole thing about Monkey Island. I don't give a shit about Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, give me Guybrush Threepwood having an adventure in the Sea of Thieves. And and that's kind of what the journals were saying. They alluded to... Uh, so in Kate Capsize's journals, she was saying she followed Guybrush Threepwood and his wife Elaine Marley to the Sea of Thieves because they had just gotten married and had come to the Sea of Thieves for their honeymoon. Like, that that's already, like, a hell of a thing to introduce in both canons. Like, your Sea of Thieves is now, like, a canon thing in the history of Monkey Island. That's great. That's awesome. And vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa. Like, uh, characters from Monkey Island have canonically been to the Sea of Thieves. Uh, which that's is, just which is weird like you're gonna go to the sea of thieves in your honeymoon that would be like saying i want to get stranded in the bermuda triangle for a romantic yeah. getaway because for those who don't know for those who don't follow sea of thieves uh the sea of thieves is like this uh realm that one can access through something called the devil's shroud which is found in the Caribbean near Mosquito Island. Um, it, it's it, it's actually, um, I think, the British Virgin Isles, actually. Um, Ooh. But, um, yeah, it's it just kind of like one of these like maritime legends, like this mysterious vortex that strands you in this 
pocket realm where the stars are different and, and you're you're completely cut off from the outside world unless you go back through the devil's shroud which is kind of like this persistent acidic cloud this maelstrom and uh yeah so that's a that's a weird place to go you know to <laughs> to, to to get your genitals wet but i mean more power to them yeah oh yeah definitely uh Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they had just heard like, "Oh, see a thieves." That sounds great. That's let's g- let's do some of that. They heard they heard it was a good place for bones, and they thought it was a good place to <laughs> bone. And, and, and that's that's a common mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So already when we saw that Easter egg, I thought, "Oh, that's so cool that they they can just do something like that." It, it gives a story context to this too. And it sounds like that's exactly what this tall tale is going to be. Um, so from the uh, the interview with Mike Chapman, it says uh, that this takes place during this honeymoon. This uh, takes place right after Monkey Island 3. Uh, so that's already pretty interesting. It's an in-between cool. Uh which is neat. We just got a new Monkey Island last year, so it's kind of cool they're allowed to, like, first get something that uh, progresses the story, but now they're able to show us, like, an unseen chapter uh, in the history of this series. That's just so cool. Um, How many Monkey Island games have there been? Um. So, originally, LucasArts made four of them, uh, two of them with the original creator, Ron Gilbert. And then after that, uh, he left LucasArts, but they continued doing Monkey Island games. You know, it's similar to uh, this Donkey Kong series I hear you're pretty familiar with. Also similar to when George Lucas left Lucasfilm. They kept making the Star Wars. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Star Wars didn't stop. Uh, but so LucasArts did four total. And then like a few years later... Uh, Telltale Games picked up the Monkey Island license and did one themselves. Uh, our, our good friend Mitchell Wolf and I had just covered their Monkey Island game not that long ago. Wonderful game. But uh, so then after that, it was pretty quiet for like, I don't know, like 14, 15 years, no Monkey Island game. And then just last year, uh, they announced another one with the original creator back on board for the first time since, like, 1991. Uh, so that is six Monkey Island games total before okay. this. Okay. So 15 years or so, you say? Yes, 15 years between uh, the the Telltale one and this new one. But the first Monkey Island game came out in, I believe, 1990 mm-hmm. was the year it came out. So, yeah, it's... They they refer to the Monkey Island series as gaming royalty in that interview. And uh, yeah, that is kind of how it feels. Even before I had, I didn't play them like right when they were coming out. So when I finally got to them, it really did feel like, uh, oh, I'm playing this game series with uh, such prestige. It's this uh, well-known, j- just game that's always brought up and uh i played them i loved them for the most part i didn't play the fourth one which is kind of considered the bad one but i think i'm gonna have to at finally play it before this and the fourth one was 
the last one from LucasArts. Yeah, the last one from LucasArts uh, before Telltale took over. Um, but I guess you don't really have to play the fourth one since this is going to take place before that. It takes place between three and four. Uh, but that's that's awesome. I, I can't wait for this. So what, what what is it about the Monkey Island games that is so appealing to everybody, Dustin? Uh, enlighten me. As somebody who's never been able to get into them, I, so, I, I would like your perspective a little bit on this. So I can't speak for everyone else, but uh, I kind of compare it to the Banjo-Kazooie series, where it's a very uh, humorous series, like, it's just filled with uh, jokes, gags, fourth wall breaking, but never so much that you can't take it seriously. Like, they're still setting up a world with characters to be invested in, uh, but, you know, they they don't take it so seriously that you can't, you know, just have a good time laughing with them. But uh, mm-hmm. they, they bring in some great characters. Uh, Guybrush Threepwood, the main hero, just a, a guy who comes in wanting to be a pirate. And that's his whole story. Like, every game from then on is uh, just building on the legend of Guybrush Threepwood and uh, how he becomes a mighty pirate. Uh, And his main villain, uh, the zombie, sometimes ghost, sometimes zombie, sometimes demon pirate captain uh, LeChuck, who, to me personally, is probably my favorite villain in, like, any form of media. Not that he's like super deep or anything. He really is just kind of, I'm the, I'm a bad guy. But I feel like they uh, just perfectly nail the balance I'm looking for, where you have a villain who's very entertaining, able to be very funny, but never like an incompetent goof. Like it's never like, I don't know, like Dr. Robotnik from Sonic or Dr. Cortex and Crash, where he's just like this wacky guy. Like part of the joke is, oh, he's, He's so incompetent. All his his crazy schemes fall apart. No, this is like a guy who will kill whoever he wants. And like he's feared across the seas. But uh, that's where the comedy comes from with him, too. Just like how awful a guy he is and just how he lives it up. So I I just love this guy. And, you know, it's it's just full of characters like that. Uh, And I, I really do feel like that's what I treasure most in games like this. And I feel like that's a little weird to say, because it it rarely ever is it the actual gameplay for me. Like, obviously, gameplay is important. It it, it should be. But I feel like it's never really what sticks for me. Like, I could play a game that's like, like, look at the new Super Mario Brothers games. Uh, I think they're pretty boring, even though gameplay wise, they're pretty solid, pretty fun. But it, it's just a world and characters that I'm uninterested in. Monkey Island just has this great cast of characters, great sense of humor, uh, and a, a great world. You know, you're going to different islands, uh, different well-thought-out themes and puzzles. Uh, they just really do a great job making it feel like a world that's alive. I, I think Ron Gilbert, uh, that's the creator of the series, he says... Uh, when thinking of Monkey Island, we think of the world of Monkey Island as, like, the main character. And then all the other characters are just revolving around this world. I, I think that's great. It, it shows uh, a lot of love is put into 
uh, this whole series. You know, I, I was curious because I don't know much about French. But I just ran <laughs> LeChuck through the old Google Translate. Apparently, it translates from French to the Chuck. <laughs> wow, I never knew that. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what that says. Probably that, nothing. The mystery's finally solved. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, it's funny, right? Because like Monkey Island has been this thing that's been ever present in my various friend groups since starting DK Vine. And, and it's just always been this, oh, Monkey Island, Monkey Island, Monkey Island. And I feel like I'm the, you know, the the, the odd person out because I've never been able to get into Monkey Island. And, and right. so... um like legitimately, I'm happy for you, Dustin. Um, Thank you. It, it, <laughs> it, if you were trying to get me into Monkey Island, what would you recommend me or or anyone listening to this? You may have never partaken in these. Like, 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 would you recommend we start from the very start, the first game from 1990, or? or, or uh- so they actually remade uh, the first two Monkey Island games. And, you know, they're playable on Xbox. You can play them and they're backwards compatible. You can just pop it on your Xbox One, uh, load it, and you're ready to go. Uh, the The thing that's cool about those is you can flip back and forth between, uh, you know, the the old graphics or the new graphics, whatever you prefer. But if you prefer, like, the old style of point-and-click uh, adventure they go for you can play the old game but if you play the remake version you know they've modernized controls they've made it with a, a modern audience in mind so yeah i think it's just so easy to just jump right in i think those two go on sale pretty often on xbox but uh even then like the whole series is on steam and those go on sale like almost every other week basically for like pennies mere pennies Isle. well i'm not made of money <laughs> boy don't don't i know it yeah in I, this day and age because you know part of me is like oh i guess i'm going to have to educate myself to get anything out of this like when they announced the pirate's life i was like well I guess I'm going to have to watch all five Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movies, which let me tell you, was a struggle a little bit. I was like, sometimes I was like, oh, this is more enjoyable than I thought. And then I got to some of the later entries and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, never mind. Oh, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> now fe- I see. Jack Sparrow fell in, in the poopy. And, and, and uh <laughs> That's when you clap and laugh. Uh, and I didn't know I was going to have to also know the theme park ride. And, and uh, that that went over my head. And I didn't I, I didn't enjoy really that first tall tale, partially because I was suffering from insomnia during that period. And I was just a Krabby Patty, which is a SpongeBob reference. I know things. Oh, but, man, you're really this episode really is just appealing to me, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I was just not digging that first tall tale. And then come to find out they just replicated like the cue of the theme park ride. And 
I, I, I was like, oh, okay, well, that would have been good to know. But I've never been to Disneyland or and or Disney World. Uh, when I was a kid, right. I had the option. I, I went to Florida three times as a kid when my grandparents lived there. And I got I got a choice every time of what theme park I wanted to go to. And I picked Universal. I picked Bush Gardens and I picked SeaWorld because I did not care about Disney World. I wanted to go to Nickelodeon Studios, Dustin, where, where the magic right. actually happened in my childhood. <laughs> so I, I didn't know anything like so that went over my head. And I don't want to run into that again where I'm like, there's all these lovingly crafted references that mean the world to Mike Chapman and the rest of the development team. And I just don't understand it because I am a sheltered little bastard. Right. Uh, well, you know, I that is actually exactly something that came to mind right after the trailer ended. I got excited. I got a little, uh, a little uh, flutter in my heart, thinking, oh, "Maybe Hyle will play them." You, you, this, uh, is, this is what arouses dust in everyone. The thought of me playing a non DKU game. Yeah, I, yeah, I had to. I didn't even watch the rest of the showcase because I had to go into my room for the next four hours. Four hours. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it was funny. I, I remember like when the trailer ended, I was like, well, I guess that's all we're getting. And, and then I was like, I guess I need to write the news story for DK Vine. And that, but I kept playing it in the other tab, and I was just so every time they did the world premiere, I was like, "Oh, banjo? Oh no, Everwild? Oh no." Well, I, I guess <laughs> it wouldn't be a world premiere for Everwild because it already had its world right. premiere. Um, but but then like if they did world premiere, but they didn't do the Xbox Studios tag right after that, then I was like, I don't right. really need to pay attention to this because this... Yeah, prop- you, you know it's not going to be anything worth paying attention to as <laughs> right. far as DK Vine is concerned. I very much doubt Tukulele will debut in the Xbox showcase. So, <laughs> and, and it obviously won't be Donkey Kong. So, you know, I, I, I know, like, when I can pay attention. And that's not to belittle the hard work of all of these games that there are various studios in the the teams behind them put into you just have to right. understand that dk vine has a focus what what we cover and that's not meant to besmirch anyone it's just it's it's what we're about right and exactly uh, you know and, and that's you can't fun. cover every game out there no we can't cover most games out there we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll cover things that have goldfish in them exactly yeah so i um i i, I was like I pretty much checked out after that point, right? Like, I was still going over every time we heard the world premiere. Which I'm kept so, an ear open. I'm so glad they brought back. It wasn't the exact same clip of, of the world premiere guy. I, it was a new recording. I think it was a new guy. I don't, I don't know if it was the same guy. It might have been a new guy just doing the, you know, affectation of world premiere. But I'm so glad they brought that back. Because there's something, yeah, there's something so steady and comforting about that. Even though every world premiere would end in disappointment for me, it's still like a nice, reliable thing. Like you know, the Milkman and TV. You know, you you you've got to 
have some bedrock in your life in these unsteady times or else you're just going to tumble. You're just going to going to roll down that hill, Dustin, and having the world premiere back uh, meant a lot to me. Yeah, it's like a nice, cozy little blanket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't wait until, you know, we have the world premiere, you know, before a new banjo game. But I'm not going to I'm not going to get bitter about that. I, I, I said 20 percent <laughs> chance of banjo and I meant it and I wasn't expecting it. And, and we, the fact right. that we didn't get it only stings a little bit more in the canker sore that's still present in my mouth uh, because, well, this summer is the 25th anniversary of Banjo-Kazooie, and that's, of course, weighing down on my chest. It's 15 years since uh, Nuts and Bolts, which, speaking of games that took a 15-year hiatus, and today being the 10th anniversary of Tropical Freeze's reveal, it, it has kind of caused some rioting in my brain let's just call it it's just um a dumpster fire right now of emotion that i'm feeling and having my entire group of friends excited about this like i i am so happy for you dust i i can't begin to tell you how happy i am for you and everyone who's genuinely giddy with this Monkey Island thing, like you're over the moon, Dustin, and I love to see it. Like, oh, th- I'm I'm so over the moon. Th- th- this is better entertainment than the entire hour of the Xbox showcase I watched before it became Starfield, and I turned it off. <laughs> uh, you're over the moon, and Donkey Kong didn't even have to punch it. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, I'm. Boy, it, it's so funny just thinking in retrospect how, like, I already brought it up at the beginning of the show, but it's just crazy to me that I I was thinking of it like, yeah, that would be great, but it'll never, like, actually happen. Yeah. And then, and then lo and behold. And so many people in the, the DK Vine inner circle chat love this, and uh, people I wouldn't have expected to be all about this were digging it. Uh, all of the DK Vine staff loves this even joe joe is not even a sea of thieves guy joe doesn't play sea of thieves he's never been able to get into sea of thieves even joe's excited about this and this is obviously a a passion project for so much of the rare staff working on this and i'm happy for them and, and that that's that's great and uh, I'm glad that everyone who loves Monkey Island there can dabble in its universe, really get to like say, I worked on something related to Monkey Island. I worked with its characters and its voice cast who are who are coming back for this. Uh, I'm, I'm to be believed, just judging from the trailer. It, it, it like right. Yeah. So I'm glad for all of the people on our staff and our community that you can have this tremendous gift. I just wish I didn't feel so dead inside right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no. It, it's my problem, Dustin. It is my problem. I, I just want to explain where I'm coming from right now a little bit. Because right. I mentioned on the last episode how much I was starting to feel like a ghost like looking in from the ethereal plane as the world of the living moves on without me. And oh boy, I, I was really feeling it today. Like 
I, and of course, I'm also struggling with my bipolar disorder, which is kind of not helping. It's kind of putting a shroud over everything anyway. But um, right. like, I, I got to tell you my experience with Monkey Island, right? And why this is a bit difficult for me. And I'm looking forward to you and the Idaho crew potentially streaming it because it might give me a new doorway into this that I've never had before. Um, Cause like monkey Island reminds me of the early days of DK vine when honestly, like, and I've never really like talked about this. This is a little bit of uh therapy time with Heil. I'm up on the couch right now and you're taking notes, Dustin. And I, I Oh, I get, to, I get to be the guy in the, in the suit with the notepad. Yeah. I haven't checked your hourly rates, but, um, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll talk about no, it after. I'm on like the cheapest rung of Obamacare. So I'm sure I can't afford you, but <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, like, I, I really felt like in the early days of DK Vine, the staff was a clique that consisted of three people, and then there was me. And, and it wasn't this a conscious thing, the way this broke down, but I always felt like the outsider of the bunch. I never really belonged, and, and I, like, I was never on their wavelength. And, and they all loved Monkey Island. And they would encourage me to play it, to try it. They said, you know, if you love Rare, you will love Monkey Island, guaranteed. And it's just not something that was able to click with me, which is ironic being a point and click adventure, right? But it, it, I get it. I, I couldn't. I, I I couldn't get into it. And then I felt like there must be something wrong with me, like maybe I'm brain damaged or something. And I think today just took me right back to that sense of alienation I felt as a gawky teenager. Because I saw all of my friends so giddy, so jubilant about this. And it felt like you're all talking your own secret language. And (laughs) I was just in the shadows rain falling on my head <laughs> and, oh. and, and I, I feel like I have nothing to contribute. I feel passionless right now. I feel like food doesn't have a taste and, and I hate that Dust. I, it sucks, especially when I've got to cover it for DK vine and I've got to do a podcast about it. And that's why I'm so glad you're excited about it because God knows where we would be if if we didn't have that. But, um, you know, I brought this up on the live episode we did yesterday, this this general feeling that, uh, look, like the pop culture passion that I have above all other things, everybody knows this, it's rare, right? Like that's the thing right. I love above all else. And it's not Disney, it's not Star Wars, it's rare. And I realize that's odd. That's unique. That's that's different from the mainstream. And I get that. I'm proud of that. I embrace that as part of who I am. I legitimately love rare above anything else in video games or any form of pop culture. But I I feel disaffected by admitting that sometimes because I feel like there's something wrong with me because of that because everything is telling me there's something wrong with me for that like 
to me, a, a Monkey Island Sea of Thieves crossover, I know it's going to be done with the utmost craft and care, as most of the Sea of Thieves tall tales have been, as much as a pirate's life was. Like, I'm not a Pirates of the Caribbean fan. My only real knowledge of that franchise was it was something my college girlfriend really liked. So, right. you know, it, it was kind of this thing that I associated with that part of my life. And I was like, Ew, <laughs> no, thanks. I don't want to revisit. Makes that. you feel a little icky. Yeah, but I, I have to admit, they really did a great job with that. Like, I wouldn't have wanted that. Like, if I've been put on the spot, do you want a crossover with Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean? I would have been like, no, but <laughs> playing it. It, it was really definitely handled. The only time I ever felt lost necessarily was that first tall tale, which was just this big homage to the ride. Um, so I, I, I'm sure there will be many things about the legend of Monkey Island in Sea of Thieves that I will enjoy and that I will appreciate as a rare fan. So I don't want to say like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, personally, this isn't for me. Because I know, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy it. Most likely. Right. Because I I do trust this team. I I was a fan of A Pirate's Life in the end of the day. But, oh man, Dustin, it's just hard to be a rare fan sometimes. I Like, this summer... Particular this summer in particular is I'm really feeling it for the first time in a long time since the Renaissance really began because this is the 25th anniversary of Banjo Kazooie which does kind of hit hard knowing where that franchise kind of is right now and right. I feel like wanting more Banjo Kazooie is kind of a forbidden taboo like obviously a lot of people want a new Banjo Kazooie but I feel like admitting that you want a new Banjo Kazooie it's it's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Well, it, it, it just sucks because there's so many people who want a new Banjo-Kazooie, but they're really nasty about it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it gives yeah. the rest of us who are uh, not nasty about it kind of... <laughs> it, it makes you feel embarrassed to be on the same page as them. And I have to be honest, Dustin, I know that there are people at Rare who, who lump DK Vine in with those nasty people um, just by virtue of our branding and what we're about. And the fact that we love Banjo-Kazooie so much, I know that they just write us off as just these clowns who are just hating on everything <laughs> they do. And that hurts because like we have been so on board with everything. Yeah. Um, we that, love Sea of Thieves. Right. Um, and, and then when you factor in all of these other 3d platforming franchises of a similar caliber or even below Banjo-Kazooie in, like, the general zeitgeist of the last quarter century, they're getting all of these revivals. They're getting multiple new entries, right? Like, right. like not just, like, here's the remake. It's, like, here's the remake. Here's the sequel. Here's the racing game. Here's the sequel to the racing game. And it's... It's, it's starting to feel a little bit bitter in my brain and i don't want to go down that route i don't want to fall into that trap again because i've done such a good job 
of being Mr. Optimistic, of being Mr. Rah Rah, it's going to be okay, <laughs> you know. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's starting to it's starting to get a little bit jaded in old Hyoville, and I don't want that. And today right. being the tenth anniversary of the reveal of the last standalone original Donkey Kong game, that's seen release. You know, that's not helping matters at all. And we know that, like, there are plans for Donkey Kong, but it still doesn't help to reach that milestone and not really have much to show for it. Exactly. Yeah, we were just talking about it the other day, how, like, you wait and you wait and you want to be gracious and patient about it, but eventually that patience runs pretty thin. Yeah, yeah, it it, it does. Like, you can be as big and um, open-minded as the the most zen-like Buddhist monk on the tallest mountain, and you can still befall this when you hit your breaking point. And I don't know if I'm at my breaking point or if this is just my brain chemistry making me think I'm at my breaking point, but... Oh man, this this not E3 is a rough one in the Russell household, let me tell you. And I love Sea of Thieves. Like, I adore Sea of Thieves. Like, I said before in the conversation, and I still mean this, if Sea of Thieves was all that Rare ever did from here on out, I would be content because I love Sea of Thieves. That doesn't mean I don't want anybody else doing a new Banjo-Kazooie game. That's not what that means. Right. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be clear here. But if it was just Rare the Studio doing Sea of Thieves, if there was no Everwild, if there's nothing beyond Sea of Thieves, then at the very least, I would be satiated because I do really like Sea of Thieves. But even Sea of Thieves now, it feels like every time they really need to make a splash... They bring in another property, usually owned by Disney at, the, at, at this point. And, and that's great for, for fans of Monkey Island, such as yourself and seemingly everybody else in my circle. And, and that's great for fans of Pirates of the Caribbean, be it the ride or the movies. But like Sea of Thieves, and I, I said this in the last episode, I, I'm starting to feel like Sea of Thieves is loath to even engage with rare stuff at this point. And it's like going to see your favorite band in concert. Like you, you save up, you're finally going to see your favorite band in concert. You've been waiting your entire life for this. And then they just play the covers of the songs that they loved growing up. They don't play any of the stuff you came to hear that they wrote. And that's great for them because they love that music, but you love their music. And and you're not getting their music. And that's what it's kind of feeling like for me. And, I get that. And I feel very alone right now, Dustin. And that's my plight. That's not anybody else's. I feel bad for feeling bad about this. And, like, I, I'm legitimately excited to see what they do with this other property coming in a Sea of Thieves. Like, it's not even like I'm not looking forward to this. It's just this weird split in my brain space right now. My skull is partitioned into two. And on one half, it's like, I love the pirate's life at the end of the day. I know this is going to be fun. And boy, look how happy all my friends are. This is, this is great. And then there's this other more petulant, more juvenile part of my brain that's like, but what about what I want? And, 
I, I know I'm kind of alone right now, and I'm I'm trying to psychoanalyze where my headspace is at. And and this is also something I've never really talked about, but it takes me back to another very alienating moment in my life. Uh, when I visited Rare in 2016, obviously that was a very exciting week for me. Tremendously exciting. Finally getting to journey into the epicenter of everything that has kept me in gaming since childhood. I would not be a gamer today if it wasn't for Rare. Like, I I stuck around for Rare. I would have grown out of it, Dustin, honestly. Like, the fact that I love this studio and its ethos and its outlook has really kept me engaged in in video game. I mean, that's all, obviously, like, right. that, that and Donkey Kong, and Donkey Kong, which the modern Donkey Kong was sort of molded by Rare, you know? So it's... right. It, it it adds up, but you know, finally getting to visit Rare. But I'll never forget this one moment, which cut deeper than I think I realized at the time. I kind of shrugged it off at the time, but it's actually it's actually stuck with me. Where where one of the people on the trip in front of several Rare staffers said something to the effect of, you know, the thing I really appreciate about everyone here at Rare is that you're actual gamers. You're actually fans of video games. And it's not just you liking what Rare's done. And then they turned and looked at me and glared. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a dick. Um, but <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. That, so that's kind of what I feel right now. I feel lost as a Rare fan. I, I feel like I, I'm lost within my own community. And I'm carrying around a lot of unresolved baggage, clearly, about it. I will get better with time. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Hyle. Well, I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong to feel that way. Like, I think my gaming tastes are maybe not quite as narrow as yours, but still, like, I don't think it's that much broader than yours. My game, I don't really, it, it's weird to consider myself a uh, quote-unquote gamer when, like, I'm not going out of my way to play, like, everything out there. Yeah. Like, I don't have the time or the money to play games that don't, like, directly appeal to me, like, right away. Uh, and that's fine, you know? Who, who are you? You don't need to impress anybody. You, you're not, like, uh, you don't have less value as a video game player just because you're not playing, like, every Assassin's Creed out there or Sonic the Hedgehog out there. Like, like I, I, there's nothing wrong with just liking what you like. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it just sucks when you kind of get hit with uh, the dark, slow periods like this. <laughs> but, you know, th- that sucks. And that's just something you got to write out, unfortunately. But, you know, I don't I don't think that you should feel bad about, like, only liking rare games or like having just being so laser focused on that very small part of what gaming is because like who cares at the end of the day if 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 anyone else has a problem with it who cares uh i think i I don't know if i want to say it's awesome that you're only into this small bit but i think it's kind of cool i i I think it's cool (laughs) that you you like know exactly what you like uh and you can just cut out what you don't and there ain't nothing wrong with that 
Well, and at my most empowered, when I'm not feeling this low, I, d- I definitely do like ascribe to that where I'm like, you know what? Don't let others define for you what being a gamer means. It, it can mean right. like literally whatever you want it to be. So long as you have a place, so long as you have a space, you have a voice and you, you, you know, you, you don't need to let others determine your own worth in a, in any community, in any hobby. And, and I do believe that just, I think today of all days, it's kind of hard to process everything. Right. Right. I get you. And, and I'll, I'll be totally honest. I'm a lot of the time during these big presentations, these big Xbox shows, or even the Nintendo directs, I, uh, there are times where I'll just feel bad for not being <laughs> into like, cause usually these shows have like nothing for me. Like yeah. this, this show having this one specific thing for me feels like an outlier. Cause like, I remember last year, just nothing, just no, nothing. I was really looking forward to in the Xbox show other than like the small sea of thieves thing there. But, uh, yeah, just sometimes I'm like, well, why I I feel kind of bad complaining because then I'm like, oh yeah, that direct or that Xbox conference didn't do much for me. But then I kind of feel bad. I'm like, well, of course it didn't do much for you. You only like a, a couple games, a couple kinds of games, and I I, I you just got to sit down and be like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I think that's fair to only like. A specific thing and be a little upset that year after year you don't get that specific thing yeah it's weird like I, i've gotten a lot better about the xbox showcases because i feel like xbox is a lot more diverse of a brand these days i remember back right. in the day feeling like absolute shit watching these because it was all the same game roughly and, and just sepia toned like drab looking games where people get shot in the alleyway. And I think right. there's only like one real game that involved a lot of people getting massacred this time around. And it was bright, <laughs> it was brightly colored. I think everybody thought it was like a Batman game at first. Cause it looked like the, the opening scene of a, the dark Knight, where like the clown bank robbers. Um, oh, Oh, you're talking about a payday. Yeah. 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 And everybody was like, Oh, is this a, is this a new Batman game already? Jesus Christ. Uh, but it wasn't a Batman game. They were just ripping off the look of the Dark Knight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it used to be like that was everything. And then you would have a Forza right. game mixed in there. But, you know, now now you've got a lot more diverse. It's more similar to a Nintendo Direct these days where you have a wider golf. But yeah, like I'll, I'll be watching this or an, a Nintendo Direct and I'll just be like, wow, I I am just not the target audience. And I look at people who like play everything and I'm like, how do you do it? And, and yeah. but, but then I'm like, I don't want to be like you. Like I'm perfectly content being who I am. I just need a win every now and then. And, and that's, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's these types of E3s or in this case, not E3s that I really, really feel it. And, and it, it's it's the fact that it's been so long since we've had like a big standalone huge thing, right? Like E3 right. 2015, where Rare Replay and Sea of Thieves were announced. You know that 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 was a huge moment. Getting all the characters into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, 
huge, you know, Donkey Kong adventure, but these are these aren't like the tropical freeze announcement where it, it's it's something defined from the start and you know exactly what it's going to be and oh my god this is coming and, and yeah you know, right I, I don't know like it's it's the 10th anniversary of tropical freezes reveal and that isn't helping my funk obviously Heil's new funk mode that that I'm in right now <laughs> we have a oh, no. we have a documented history here on the conversation for why it's been so long without a new Donkey Kong game. And it's one thing to intellectually understand that. And it's another to live it and emotionally perceive it. So right. I, I, I can intellectually know exactly why it's been so long that we've had a Donkey Kong game. It's not been to, due to a lack of interest on Nintendo's part. It's been to pretty lousy circumstances uh, that that will eventually work themselves out for us. But I can know that. But what I'm feeling feels like uh, we're, we're, we're just 10 years now w- without a new game being revealed. And, you know, we need that new game. We, we need it. We need that right. shot in the arm as a community to really get us going again. We need something beyond the Super Mario Brothers movie prominence and the really cool Lego sets and the theme park hype. As cool of all of that stuff is, and as exciting as it is, and as much as that makes clear that there are plans for the brand, it's just, like, Rares is going to be all about Monkey Island this summer, and I'm happy for everybody that makes happy Platonic is talking about Corpo Nation and Elsie rather than their own games. And I'm happy for those creators who are getting that platform. But Dustin, I'm lost. I'm I'm lost and I'm a scared little boy and I I need my mommy. Oh, Heil, I wish I could be your mommy. You could be my mommy if you tried hard enough. That's true. I really f- dropped the ball here today. I, I'm burned out. I, I am burned out as the cheerleader of the community. And I'm sad. And where where does the cheerleader right. of the community go when he needs a little pep rally? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you know, Dustin, that T Public uh, this weekend cut our earnings in half because their algorithm thinks our shirts are AI generated? Oh, I did not know that, but that sounds uh, like it sucks a lot. It does. I am not making that up. That happened. And I don't know how to appeal it yet. And I don't know how to clearly show them that we created all of the shirts by hand. Like, it, it, it's... Dustin, I need a win. <laughs> I, I, it's been <laughs> so long since I've had a real win. The day oh, the Tropical Freeze that. came out was a win. It was 10 years ago today, and we've had wins since then. We've had great wins since then. We had Rare Replay. We had Sea of Thieves. We had K. Roll and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. We had Banjo and Kazooie. We had Ukulele and Ukulele in Impossible Lair. We've had laughs. We've had merriments. But I look back at the day Tropical Freeze was revealed, and it feels so surreal in hindsight. And I want to talk a little bit about that day, if you will allow me. 
Oh, I would I would love nothing more, Heil. I, I would love to listen to this tale. Because normally I don't like to break format like this. This is supposed to be the E3, or in this case, the not E3 Xbox episode. And we would probably talk about, well, what other trailers did you like? Uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, if I'm being honest, I thought the Fable trailer was pretty uh, charming. I th- I thought the Fable one was pretty good. Uh, I've never played the Fable series before, but I think it being on Game Pass means I'll probably give it a chance. But uh, the other one that really got me excited was the one right after this. Even though it had, like, no gameplay, it was just, like, a game that's set in a Bayou setting with a really cool art style. That's That already has me hooked. Yeah, it, it actually... For a brief second, I was like, does this have something to do with Sea of Thieves? Because it was like a skeleton man playing a, yeah. playing an instrument. And it reminded me of the stuff from A Pirate's Life that replicated the bayou in Pirates of the Caribbean, The Ride. And um, but it wasn't that. It was it was something that was like south of... I, I, I don't remember. But it, yeah, yeah it, I, don't, I, don't re- I don't remember the name, but I, it did look very cool. And I'm very interested in whatever it ends up being. That looked cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and normally we would probably just talk a little bit more about stuff that looked appealing to us. But honestly, right. I will probably never play. Um, right. But because today is a special day and we did a conversation 10 years ago today it was it was in the first season so i don't recommend anybody seeking it out (laughs) but we we did talk about the uh tropical freeze reveal the day tropical freeze came out uh and so you know 10 years on my god um it it was just a, a bizarre kind of litany of emotions because I don't think any of us were really expecting a Donkey Kong game. We always go go into an E3 or went into an E3 past tense expecting outwardly a Donkey Kong game because that's what you would do. You you would be like, okay, well, we're getting a new Donkey Kong Country game. We're getting a new Diddy Kong Racing. We're getting a new King of Swing. We're getting... A standalone squawks game we're getting <laughs> you know we we would always just go overboard in the hype and then inevitably disappoint ourselves but i i think 2013 we were already in a dour mood ironically after that year's xbox presentation because that 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 was that was a, a downer because there was just absolutely nothing and and we were just like is 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 rare just the connect studio now and this was right about a year before the the layoffs and um then you know two years before the actual rare renaissance and and platonic also but i think the attitude was let's just get e3 over with after after the xbox showcase it was just you know what i want to get tuesday over with so we can just move on and then the trailer for Tropical Freeze started just playing out of nowhere. It, it was just yeah, in the middle of the direct. There was this plane that fell from the sky. And you 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 kind of hear the, the musical motif playing. But I've talked before, Dustin, about my trailer blindness. Whenever I'm watching a trailer for something that really interests me, that I'm really passionate about. 
I I go into this kind of night blindness. I can't fully process what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing because the adrenaline is pumping through my veins so much. The excitement gets me going like through the roof. You, and- you know, Heil, I'm exactly the same way. I, I was like that for both K. Rule and Banjo's Smash trailers. I, I was watching them, but I just felt like I, I couldn't take in any of it because I was just blindsided by them. Were you were you that way today with the Monkey Island trailer? Strangely, no. But I think that's because I I, I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to fight exactly that. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I did immediately after I went back to my room. I rewatched it like four or five times just to catch everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's relatable for me with stuff like the Tropical Freeze trailer. Yeah, um, I, I I think the reason it didn't happen now was because both K. Rule and Banjo Kazooie and Smash just seemed like such never evers mm-hmm. that I was just completely like gobsmacked by them. I was like, this was that a jiggy that flew by? That it couldn't possibly. But for this, I think like even though on the podcast I said, oh yeah, I don't think they'll do that. It, it still felt like there was always. It, it never felt like Monkey Island and Sea of Thieves was ever off the table. Like yeah. that did for yeah. Smash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the K. Rule reveal, I remember just thinking like, there's no way this is actually happening. And you kind of <laughs> yeah. leave, you kind of leave your body and you're just like, well, this isn't real. I'm dreaming. I, I, I Yeah, I I actually thought that like this is ridiculous to think now, but when uh it turns out to be King DDD in a K. Rule disguise. I actually did think, oh, Sakurai is just being a jerk. They're not actually putting K. Rule in this. Yeah, he's you, actually coming out and saying, "Fuck you, we're never doing K. Yeah, Rule." Yeah, could you imagine if that was it? There was actually no character reveal. It just ends with the King DDD ripping off the K. Rule costume, <laughs> and then Sakurai appears back on screen, and I don't know, he farts. <laughs> he's like, "Gotcha." Got you specifically, DK Vine. Uh, yeah, and the Banjo one was weird because. I knew exactly what was happening the second, of course, I saw the Jiggy. Um, well, no, actually, I knew exactly what was happening the second we cut the Donkey Kong's gaping mouth. And <laughs> I I don't know how. Like, I, I don't know how I just put the pieces together. Like, this is clearly Banjo and Kazooie. But I did. And it's funny because a lot of people were like, oh, I thought it was going to be Dixie Kong because they cut the Donkey Kong. And I was like, no, it's Banjo and Kazooie, clearly. And so when the Jiggy appeared... I was just like, yep, here we go. It's them. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I didn't even feel that when I saw it. When when I first saw it, I was like, oh, did they accidentally start playing the K. Rule trailer again? Yeah, of course, we've documented us watching the trailer. Us being me, Cameron, Jeff, and Mitchell sitting on right. our little couch in the, um, the, the love shack at E3 2019. But I... I, I I always for, I'll never forget Jeff shouting out, "Oh, it's, it's another Rivals trailer! It, it's like it's going to be another enemy, for, like an, another yeah. character's enemy." Yeah, they kind of they kind of build it up that way, starting like exactly the same way as the last one, showing all the villains. It, it does kind of yeah. psych you out a little bit at yeah. first. Yeah, so like it, it's funny. I was more able to process what I was seeing, and maybe I was being 
like being around three other people, like-minded people in the moment, like physically present with them that I was able to actually let it wash over me in real time. But the K. Rule one was definitely like this surreal thing. And the Tropical Freeze trailer, to go back to it, was the same kind of like, I, I don't understand what I'm seeing. Like, I didn't even understand it was a Donkey Kong Country game at first. So I I saw the plane crash. I should have recognized the music, but for whatever reason, my brain was just like disoriented. Donkey Kong pops out of the hatch. And, and I'm like, why is Donkey Kong jumping out of a spaceship? Is Donkey Kong on an alien planet? This is this is Donkey Kong Country in space. <laughs> Gorillas in space, finally. Uh, so it was clear, though, once it started going, I was like, oh, my God, it is a sequel to Donkey Kong Country Returns. But why are they jumping on jelly cubes? What, what is <laughs> That's happening? That's so out of character for Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's already happened in Jungle Beat, but... <laughs> And then, and then we saw Grassland Groove, the um, we're, uh, level three one, um, the where, where yeah. like where where you have all of the like representations of the savanna animals, and Donkey Kong like shoots back to the halfway point in the level, and and then you see. As we knew at the time, Tutorial Pig, we now know him to be Professor Chops. But, you know, in, in 2010, Retro didn't actually give him a name. So we just knew him as Tutorial Pig. DK Vine gave him the fan name of Checkpoint. Checkpoint, but he was Professor Chops. But I was like, oh, my God, it's the Tutorial Pig. Oh, my God, the Tutorial Pig is back. He's back. The Tutorial Pig. I love the Tutorial Pig. Fact, I didn't, I didn't love the Tutorial Pig. I actually <laughs> very much dislike the tutorial pig, but just seeing that a tutorial pig was, was just like, oh my God, he's back. I love you, tutorial pig. I love you. You, 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 it, it fooled, you were so excited that you fooled yourself into thinking you liked the tutorial pig. Just having something come back, something familiar. And I was just like, I'll right. take it. I'll take it. I love him. My favorite character tutorial pig <laughs> everyone's favorite and then as the trailer went on I, I i do remember this little feeling of malcontent come up into my chest just a little taste of oh they're clearly still not using the kremlins that's disappointing and, and then like as if to just cut through that noise you had Iwata, you know, this is like, it's sobering to realize like Iwata was still with us at this time. And Iwata right. was doing the voiceover to introduce this to us. But uh, Iwata started talking and he said, the video you are watching is from the latest installment of the Donkey Kong Country series we are creating for Wii U. And and for whatever reason, I missed the Wii U part, and I was like, "What system is this for?" <laughs> like, like I was like, "Is this 3DS? Is this for PC?" Like, I I don't know this why. some sort of PlayStation game. I don't know why PC ran through my head, but I was like, legitimately such in a stupor that I I couldn't even think 
in terms of, oh, yeah, this is for the current Nintendo console. Because also, <laughs> as, as we've talked about, Donkey Kong games traditionally come out late in a system's lifespan. So right. I guess for me, I was thinking, oh, is this another game released for the Wii? That's weird. Like, like, oh no, it's for the Wii U, you idiot! But I, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> catch up with the present at that moment. And then uh, Iwata said, like, in this new adventure, Donkey Kong and his friends' home, Donkey Kong Island, has been overrun with Vikings from the North Seas, and, and that was like an immediate, oh, that's interesting. Like that's that's infinito. That's infinitely more interesting than the Tiki Tac tribe were, and, and like I, I do not hate the Tiki Tac tribe. Can I just say? But this was infinitely more interesting than the Tiki Tac tribe. Right. I I I definitely agree. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, okay, it's not the Kremlins. Disappointing, but they've intrigued me. Go on, Iwata. And Go on. What's also interesting about that little introduction we had to the Snowmads, because the Snowmads name wasn't even in use at that point. We didn't know the Snowmads until later. We just knew them as Vikings from the North Seas, to quote Iwata. <laughs> and that is the only reference we have to the Snowmads being from this place called the North Seas. And that's something I've actually held to. I, I've held on to that as canon, even though it never comes up in the game or in the instruction manual, because I want to said that I'm like, yeah, they're from the North Seas of, of like, right. like somewhere in the Arctic Circle, like that. That's how far up the reach of the rare archipelago extends. Sure, I can buy that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And then. Just when you think you've already, like, tasted the best part. Because Iwata goes through the whole, like, dynamic camera angles of Tropical Freeze, which, admittedly, they didn't use as much as I thought they were going to use in that trailer. Like, they talked about how there would be these new dynamic camera angles to really show off the world of Duncan Country. I think they use it in, like, two levels, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's not very common. No. Um, and I, sh- I just recently replayed through P- Tropical Freeze uh, through hard mode. Uh, and yeah, it, it really only comes up in like a couple stages. It's really cool when they do it, but yeah, they don't really do it that often. And it's just like, yeah. oh, Iwata, you, you, you oversold this a little bit. but You fooled me. Yeah, then just, just when you think like it's winding down... Iwata says, once again, the game offers a two-player simultaneous multiplayer mode. In addition to Diddy Kong, pause, Dixie Kong is back as a playable character. Dixie comes down, like she helicopter twirls down behind Donkey Kong and she does this little giggle. You're like, fucking Dixie? Fucking Dixie? And uh, getting Dixie back was such a relief, Dustin. It was this huge victory that I don't think is appreciated or remembered 10 years on. When Returns came out in 2010, there was a lot of discourse around this possibility that the series from this point on was just going to be Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Like, there's not going to be room for Dixie or anyone else who came after the original Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Land. And... 
what Tropical Freeze actually in the long run, like beyond this trailer, what Tropical Freeze would end up doing for the series. Because we didn't know about playable Cranky Kong at this point. We didn't find out about that until December in that infamous, um, whatever the precursor was, the Game Awards, um, the Spike, I think it was still the Spike TV, whatever. Um, right. Remember Spike TV, Dustin, the network for <laughs> men? How could I forget Red and Stimpy Adult Party Cartoon? Uh, what what was it? Uh, as as hard as I try. Well, what was that show? Man Facts or me, me, <laughs> like me, it was some sort of like like how big does a boob have to be to crush a beer can? Mm. That sounds like I, I remember seeing that on the Man Show on Comedy Central. Oh, they I think they also did it on Spike TV's man facts or whatever it was. I, would, I would i would believe that it was a garbage network and i'm glad it's dead <laughs> but that, that 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 had the precursor to the game awards anyway like they they revealed cranky kong um on on that show and um and then, and then of course with the uh switch port we got playable funky kong with new funky mode and and tropical freeze really um I, I think revived the notion of the Kong family, right? Right. Now, now we have these five Kongs, Donkey, Diddy, Dixie, Cranky, and Funky, which are sort of like the main Kongs. They're held up above everything else, and, and they're kind of just a, a unit. We They're the ones in the Lego releases, and, and everybody feels pretty confident and secure that they have a future in the franchise. So... Yeah, that's that's awesome, especially since it feels like uh, for the longest time, Dixie was just such a non factor in like everything. Yeah. Uh, You know, she would she would make an appearance here or there here and there in like Mario Super Sluggers or like a little cameo in Donkey Konga, too. But like even Rare didn't really use Dixie always. So it's great that now Dixie is just kind of considered part of the main bunch that you just you just can't have a DK game without. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, rare. I mean, it started with rare. We we hold up rare and that era is just like the 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 treasure time for all of our beloved characters. But yeah, they they didn't use Dixie after 1997. Donkey Kong yeah. Land 3. And yeah, she was going to show back up in Diddy Kong Pilots, but of course that didn't come to pass. And yeah, like, and then Dixie just went through this weird period in the buyout era where she would sometimes show up and sometimes she wouldn't. And yeah, so getting her in Tropical Freeze, because everybody loves Dixie Kong. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much yeah. of a shitbag misogynist who watches Spike TV's man trivia uh i don't don't care who you are you still like dixie kong right yeah she resonates you you don't get a say in this so um yeah it it was it was just a great and i think we were all satiated then like even those who were upset about there not being kremlins getting dixie back was like okay okay well we got dixie kong back i'm i'm gonna run away right now and be a happy camper (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it kind of feels like uh in in the dk series it really feels like more than any other series it kind of feels like a bad word to say fan service so if you get something that you can really latch onto, like dixie kong coming back or david wise coming back 
all of a sudden you're like, okay, that that that's all I need. I don't need more. You, you don't have Kremlings? Fine. Whatever. I got what I need to be happy this time around. Yeah, I, I think you've really hit upon like what I'm struggling with right now is we're, we're supposed to be content with the lack of fan service. Like we were, it, yeah. it, it's kind of like a dirty word. And, you know, Jeff has brought this up on past conversations. Like you didn't put the fucking swordfish in tropical freeze. What's <laughs> wrong with you? You don't know how to make a donkey Kong game, which I wouldn't go that far. I love tropical freeze. Yeah. yeah I yeah. remember when donkey Kong country returns was announced. We were just happy to see Diddy Kong in it. Yeah. That, that was how, <laughs> that, that was how, <laughs> I don't want to say battered we were, but that was like, we we were definitely like, oh, please, please, Nintendo, <laughs> would, would you squeeze that washcloth and let that water dribble into our mouths, please? And, and it was just like, oh, Diddy's there. That's all we need. We're not asking for yeah. more. Oh, Diddy. Yeah. They said, here's Diddy and Cranky and Rambi. That's all you get. We were like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, you forgot Squawks, the puzzle. Oh, that's inside. right. Oh, I feel like such the fool. I'll never forget when Nintendo Power doing their article about Donkey Kong Country Returns. They said, you know, at one point, and this is not verbatim, I'm just going off my head here, but they said something to the effect of, you know, at one point, the Kong cast ballooned to have like voluptuous pinup gorillas and, <laughs> and big dumb babies. Donkey Kong Country Returns takes it back to basics. Donkey Diddy Cranky. Thank God that's all we need. And I'm like, you know, Candy was in the first game. Yeah, it, it, it's like, well, I kind of like <laughs> I, I kind of like having I don't want to say every character in the DK series is a home run, but I, I, I don't like the notion that, uh, you know, Sonic kind of had this for a while, too. People were always talking about like, oh, Sonic has too many friends. Get these friends out of here. Uh, and, and then over time it became, it turned into no, well, why aren't we seeing characters like Knuckles? Why, why aren't we seeing characters like Amy Rose? And it, it, it's just interesting how these series kind of have that period of, oh, we don't need having actual characters. Yeah. I think there's always this like ebb and flow when it comes to this kind of thing. And there's this philosophy of gameplay above all else everything else is meaningless and and then there's the oh but you know fans really do love the world and they love the characters and i i would love to get back to the point where we can have that as donkey kong and dku fans just like right here here's a celebration of what you love because you know what you deserve it just as much as any other series. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it. I so I'm a big Crash Bandicoot fan. And I'm very grateful that Crash gets that kind of royal treatment in terms of its uh, characters. But boy, I would love to see DK even even those characters that are maybe not the best characters in the world. I would be overjoyed to see like fucking Trough and Scoff come back. I want them to show off their pierced nipples with zero shame this time <laughs> around. You know what? I, I want to see more piercings on them. I want to see genital piercings. 
on Trial. I, I feel like it's time. Finally, it's, it's 2023. Why are we still being ashamed about this? <laughs> but oh. circling back to 10 years ago, um, it, it was, as you already alluded to, later that afternoon, because this wasn't part of the hype package when they revealed Tropical Freeze. Like, as fans of the series, you would think this would be what they would lead with, but it wasn't until later that afternoon that we actually had it confirmed um, in discussions with Retro. Not us discussing with Retro. We weren't, uh, like established or respected enough at that time to just get retro in the horn and be like yo retro who doing the music and, and <laughs> what's the deal like, with this it would be like well it's david wise we got david wise back but we found out that david wise was back which eclipsed i think everything else from that point forward in that week where it was one thing to get dixie kong back right like that was this right. huge victory but it was something completely unexpected, just, just completely not even in the realm of our wildest fantasies. Could we imagine that David Wise, the beloved composer of many classic Donkey Kong games, was working on this Donkey Kong Country game not even being developed by Rare? It seemed impossible. It seemed like worlds converging that you wouldn't think would be able to convert. But of course they could, because David Wise is just a guy. He no longer worked at Rare. Retro right. could hire him if they wanted. And But, you know, you, you just don't think that's possible, especially with the way Nintendo works. And, oh my God, we got David Wise back. We got new David Wise music coming in this new Donkey Kong Country game coming out what we thought was going to be that November. It was delayed until February, but that's fine. But what a glorious June 11th that was, Dustin. Oh, it was it was wonderful, Heil. I I really do feel like uh you know, I don't I don't want to throw any shade at uh I, I I super apologize. I don't remember the name of who composed Donkey Kong Country Returns, but I really do feel like having Dave Wise on Tropical Freeze really does make all the difference. It really helps it feel like oh no, we this feels like Donkey Kong now. Yeah, even with the different art style of the retro games, the the different like character design, just having that little stamp, that audio stamp of authenticity just went a long way towards like massaging your brain and saying like, "No, this 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 is a continuation. This is part of Don't it." Don't worry. Don't worry, little baby. You're in good hands. <laughs> Yeah, no, no song for spiders in the live stream chat says the most exhausting part of the retro era for me was fighting with people over whether or not the parts of Donkey Kong I liked were problems to be solved. Yeah, yeah, seriously, it, that I, I don't know why it's Donkey Kong that got the the brunt of that. Uh, you see so many people are, who are like, oh, Chunky Kong, do we really need that guy? And I'm sitting there like, yes, you do. And and now uh, Chunky Kong was in the Super Mario Brothers movie with his yeah with his pubic facial hair. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, hell yeah. And now people are like, yeah, Chunky. You know, we've we've seen this mood shift, especially in the last ten years. I I think. It's cemented enough. Nostalgia is widespread enough. We have in integrated enough with just the um, the video game media where, you know, 
liking the Donkey Kong Country games, liking the rare era of Donkey Kong and that vintage era of the DKU, um, it's, it's not considered like this wildly out of step notion anymore. Right. It to to me it's weird it even had a period where people were kind of railing against it, but uh once something becomes nostalgic, I think it never goes away because so the the generation before became adults and those were kind of the people who were like, "Oh, Donkey Kong Country, get that out of here. Uh, who cares about that?" But then once the kids who grew up with Donkey Kong got became adults that doesn't go away now donkey kong country is just something that's it's just gonna have fans like on the internet forever for always from now on yeah and i would like to get to the point where uh, cameron just said in a live stream hello cameron uh if big norm can come back it shouldn't be pulling (laughs) teeth to get in guard yeah, seriously, you can bring, like, the most obscure Crash characters. Uh, you already talked about it with Jeff, but they brought in Mr. Crumb from, like, a little handheld, like, shitty little thing. Nobody knew who he was, and he got to come back, but you can't bring on guard the swordfish back. Oh, Big Norm is from Crash? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought Cam- I thought Cameron was talking about the Frasier revival. I was like, I didn't even hear that Norm was going to be in it. Oh, spoilers much, Cameron. <laughs> yeah big norm is just some loser from crash bandicoot nobody knows or cares about but he got to come back in full hd in a big high profile racing game freezer in the live stream also says kitty kong fans were crying um <laughs> that, that's true yeah i feel for them yeah unfortunately kitty still has a stigma about him which i don't know why i, I don't understand it i don't even think he's the worst kong <laughs> uh, go ahead my favorite thing about kitty kong is uh when he gets hit by an enemy and gives the most ear-piercing scream you've ever heard in your life how can you hate that yeah now i, th- I thought you were gonna ask me go ahead and ask me who the worst kong is who who would you say the worst kong is heil russell from now, dk vine oh okay you're like but you know i love all the kongs um right like, like it but you got to have one at the bottom. Well, I'm going to cheat and and pull a <laughs> Kong that I don't consider to be canon. Uh, <laughs> I Kong. think I see where this yeah, is. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Well, the good thing about Bluster Kong is even in universe in the show, he's supposed to be like, uh, isn't this guy just a real shithead? <laughs> no, who do you think is the worst Kong? Dustin? Um, It's so hard for me to say because... I, I love all these Kongs so much. I, I feel like maybe Candy, just because they really yeah. don't do much with her. And yeah. But even then, I don't hate Candy Kong, and I'd love to see them, like, bring Candy Kong back and make her cool. But, like I said, if if some Kong's got to be at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think Candy could definitely be workshopped a bit more. Uh, I get what they were doing in 1994, but as the only lady in Donkey Kong Country. It's like, come on, right. really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> like, I get the joke. I, I, I understand it, but it's, there's a reason why Dixie was such a breath of fresh air a year later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and you know, look, I, I'm sorry for bringing such uh, negativity to this space uh, tonight. No, Boston. no. I, I just, like, I, I really wanted to just share my headspace right now, and, and I, I, I will break out of this eventually. 
we will get right. back to that feeling from 10 years ago. I, I know we will. Um, I don't know when we will. That That's really, I think, part of this anguish, this uh, ennui. It's a word I like to use. Another, another French word I learned. But That's a good one. Like the Chuck. Yeah, the Chuck, right. So... I, we don't know when Nintendo's next Direct is going to be. It's unlikely at this point. It's going to be Tuesday because we would probably know at this point. So we're going to put a pause on our not E3 coverage. We will continue whenever Nintendo has something to say. Or, or maybe Platonic will shadow drop a ukulele game or something. Doubtful at this point, but you never know. Um, right. But... Hey, hey, Dustin, we are going to continue onward with Stinky Ape Summer. So nothing but good vibes ahead. And, and we will be covering the, the, the Monkey Island crossover with Sea of Thieves when it happens. I'm going to rely on you and literally every other friend I have to convey why it kicks ass. You can, you can count on me, Hyle. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. And, and thanks for everybody who uh, joined me on this therapy session. This is the most people I've ever had in the little room. And um, I'm just happy I didn't cry this time. Ha. Time enough for that. This has been a File 2 production. Hey, Rico.